You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes and even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, welcome to a very special episode of the GFR show. I have been wanting to have this guest on my show since the moment I decided to have a podcast. And she's been really hard to get a hold of and nail down. And she finally agreed and we finally were able to coordinate the time to have her on the show. And that is my daughter, Bella. <laughs> I am like still flying high from this conversation that we had that was recorded about a week ago from the time of me recording this intro. I'm, I'm just so excited for you to get to meet her. She is a full grown person, <laughs> you know, with a mind of her own, her own beliefs and the way that she sees the world. And, you know, I'm both at the same time I'm I'm her mom. <laughs> I also am in awe of just this person that I live with and how she expresses herself in the world. And I know that I had something to do with it, but I, I still feel like I won the parent lottery and um, I am unapologetic in my pride of my kid. And I think you're going to like her too. She did really well <laughs> with the interview. And we kind of talked ahead of time about some of the topics. We had a little bit of an outline and we, and mostly she just wanted it to be a conversation. Uh, and then afterwards she reviewed it. I said, you could listen to it and, you know, edit out anything you feel uncomfortable with. And she had, you know, we had very few things that uh, she decided to edit out. Um, really just questions that I wound up asking her. And she was like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> which I don't blame her. What you're about to hear is a beautiful conversation with the human being known as Bella Ton Cherney, age 15, sophomore in high school. Oh, she has beautiful views on feminism and parenting and how to express yourself, be your friend, just so much stuff. We, I ask her what, what I'm like as a mom. Uh, I ask her, how are we different than other parents? You'll get to hear also the many, many lessons that I've learned. Well, we don't cover all of them, but you get to hear many of the key lessons that I've learned from her. She, you know, when we were pregnant, it was, we were, Actually, it's a kind of fun fact. Um, my hub, husband and I, Greg, were married for 10 years before we had Bella, which is a bit unusual. And I remember, and so it was a huge change in like our lives. We had pretty established just the two of us for a long time. And we, it was a big adjustment. And it's just amazing to look, sit across from my, you know, sit across a table from her with the podcast microphone hanging between the two of us and having a conversation with this being that feels like really seriously just yesterday was this a baby. <laughs> and for those of you that are parents, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, it does. Time does fly. 
uh, everything they say about it going fast and trying to be present and, and make it precious is very true. And for those of you that have grown ass kids and grandchildren, like I, I know you have an additional perspective on, on the whole thing. And I am so grateful that I have this recording to really mark this, this time in her life, which has been, you know, beautiful and challenging with COVID and all kinds of stuff. So without further ado, I can't wait for you to meet Miss Bella Don Cherney. Hello, Bella Cherney. Welcome to the GFR show. Hi. <laughs> Say my full name. I well, you know, well, no, it would be Bella Dawn Journey. I guess. Yes. It's professional because I'm a guest. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So we like to laugh a lot. So you may hear us laughing a lot, and uh, we could say hi to the video uh, Uh, for a minute. Hi, video. (laughs) So I'm going to start out with one of my favorite questions to ask all guests just to stay, you know, on theme here. Of what course. is your favorite GFR commandment? Well, I was looking over them. I think my favorite one was number one. Okay. Don't compromise. I think it's like clear and straightforward and non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's applicable to anything. Yes. And I think that I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore I really like and it. Therefore, yeah. And what's the confession question that goes with it? The confession question is, what am I tolerating? Yes. And I think that that's so important to like ask yourself, you know, when you're thinking about your life, it's very important to ask what you're tolerating so that you don't. Yeah. Can you think of something from, let's say, maybe like the last year that you realized you were tolerating? I don't know if anything specific comes to mind, but there's like a lot of little things that I'll be like, just like tolerating like uncomfortable shoes. Like, like right. I'll just like be, I'll be like, oh, I'm supposed to wear these shoes today. And then I'll just like, tol- I don't know, something like that. That's big though. I think, and I think if I may make a generalization, I think women sometimes do that for like the sake of beauty or professionalism. And I've actually had a whole journey with shoes, as you know, with like mm-hmm. had my surgery on my foot and everything, but you know, I always felt like if you're on stage, you need to have high heels on. But then like I would poop out in like 30 minutes to be like, get these shoes yeah. off my feet now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like compromising your happiness is never the answer. True, true words. True words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So that is a popular one. As I don't know if you know this, but they're really not in any order. Yeah. But that one, when people are like, where should I start? I'm like, they're not in any order, but number one is a good place to start because what am I tolerating? It's just, it's like something you could just, you always have answers, right? Like from the messy garage to I need a haircut to my life purpose, you know, like it it feels like it's, it really covers all of it. So awesome. Yay. Yay. So we crossed that one off our list of questions. (laughs) So our intention is to be conversational and we are doing this because I get, I mean, so many compliments all the time about you and the things that I say about you and like they see your dance videos on my Facebook page and all that, (laughs) but no one has ever really gotten to meet you and so that you could be like your own person, not like, you know, my kid. Mm -hmm. So this way people will get to know you. Okay. Okay, (laughs) cool. All right. So we'll start off with just like kind of who is Bella Cherney? The book, the series. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh I'm sure we'll come up with some fun title for your memoir here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what do you like to do on the weekends or when you have free time? Well, this question is kind of funny for me because I don't have free time. And when I do have free time, I want to do nothing because I have school all week and rehearsal most of the time. And then when I get home, I just want to like do homework and be on my phone until I have to do work again. So I don't know if there's necessarily anything I like to do on my free time Mm -hmm. to do nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a stupid question, right? Because you're like, it's free time. So I'm going to do things that are free. Okay. So maybe let me ask it differently. So when you're not doing schoolwork and you're not at rehearsal, and you don't have homework, what are some of the things you like to do? I like to watch TV. I like to watch movies. I don't know where you got that habit from. <laughs> I like to eat. Yes. Eating is fun. Eating is fun. 
oftentimes I don't have time to make fun meals for myself. If I'm like rushing between Zoom meetings, yes. it's nice to be able to actually like have time to make myself a nice meal. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know if there's anything that comes to mind that I like love doing in my free time, but okay. relaxing most of the time. Okay. So rumor has it, you kind of already know what you want to be when you grow up. What is that? I want to be a graphic designer or something related to that. And is, have you always wanted to be a graphic designer? No, I haven't. I wanted to be a dancer, a professional dancer at first. And then I was like, unstable work hours and no pay. That's not for me. <laughs> so like, I think, and I just like discovered a passion for graphic design. And so that I think that that's what I want to do. Cool. And I know that I won't be able to dance forever. Yeah. It's such a short-lived career. The graphic design, I could do it till I'm in the nursing home. So. Yes. <laughs> so have you given up dance? No, I haven't. I dance all the time, almost every day um, at school and just at home. People always ask me that when I tell them like, oh, she, you know, quit competitive dance. Oh, just, you know, so she not dancing anymore or she, 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 does she quit dance? And I'm like, no, I take class. It's kind of like saying you quit walking. Oh, I'm not walking anymore, you know, competitively. So do you still walk? Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I, I need to dance. My, my body needs it. Literally. If I don't dance for like a week, all my muscles cramp up and they're ask for it. So I just like, (laughs) I have to, but I love it so much. So it's something I'll do forever. Yeah. I think the um, pandemic was a good, like it really illuminated that. Cause I mean, you know, at first dance studio was closed. Everything was closed. We kept waiting for things to open up. And then like a couple months went by and then we realized things were not opening up and you hadn't danced. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, I remember like we were in our bedroom and you were, it was like one of those late night conversations where you're just like, you know, I missed the dance and I, I missed the discipline of it. And yeah. like, what else did you miss about it? Yeah, I miss like the schedule and just knowing that it would be there just like three o'clock every day, like kind of clockwork mm-hmm. really helped me open up my own schedule of when I want to do it and like figuring out like what I actually like instead of taking classes that I necessarily wouldn't like. Yeah, so it was kind of fun. Cool. I love that. It was a, it was a good journey. I think that a lot of people resonate with the pandemic sort of like taking everything away. And then we got to see what we actually missed and like add it back into our lives. Yeah. And that was so enlightening, especially like in any aspect of your life, like just like people you stop talking to or any, or just like, you're like, you know what? I stopped having Starbucks and like I'm actually fine you know right right. (laughs) just like whatever it is so yeah 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 that was really fun so we talked about your talents so do you want to go to college I do want to go to college I think it'd be fun I definitely since I know what I want to do I don't think it's as intimidating academically as it would be for others Like if you don't know what you want to do, you just kind of pick a major. But since I know what I want to do, I think it would be fun to take classes specifically for the major since that's like what I want to do now. Yeah. So it feels more fun because you just know you're going to study something that you already have an interest in. Yeah. Yeah. And like in high school, you have to take classes, have to take the same classes as everybody, like no matter your interests. And because I already know my interest, it's frustrating sometimes. And so (laughs) (laughs) it's nice. It would be nice to be able to take classes that I actually know are going to benefit me in like a direct way. Yeah, that's a good point. I, y'all that are listening, I have had many an emotional moment when I think about how grateful I am that Bella knows what she wants to do and that she's actually found something now. Oh, we didn't talk about how old are you? How old are you? I am 15. (laughs) 15. And what year in school are you in? I am a sophomore. So finishing up your sophomore year of high school. Second semester of sophomore year. Okay. So now it makes, uh, it'll add to what I'm about to say. So (laughs) um, how amazing it is for a person, a human to just know at this age, something that they want to do that something that they enjoy that is applicable, applicable <laughs> to a career 
is just so phenomenal. I mean, yeah, and I'm sure many, I'm grateful for that. many listeners are going, oh shit, I wish I knew what I wanted to be at that age. Or I wish I started out doing the thing that I really wouldn't do. Didn't wait 10 years or 20 years to work in the industry and then change. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, my, you hear all of my stories of my clients and how, yeah. you know, it's always late in life. Yeah. And of course, this is just me now. And like you, no one has ever one career, like their whole entire life. But I do think having some sort of direction is nice because it helps give me perspective about what I'm doing it all for. Yeah. And, you know, just like taking classes aimlessly, like knowing that there's a future, but not knowing what I want to do in it could be really frustrating. And I see it in people too. And so having some sort of guidance, even if it's just like a general, it's nice. It is interesting. You've uh, this year become friendly with more uh, seniors that are in their final days of school now. Like mm-hmm. you, just, you just came off of doing a musical. You're in town, the musical. Yeah. Um, check my Facebook page for, <laughs> for tickets. And so you you got to develop some really close friendships with people that are completing their high school career, moving on to college, and gotten to see the full one, on adults. Yeah. Full on adults watching them drive. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird, guys. I don't like it. <laughs> and my nephew, who is six months older than Bella, and we're so blessed that they're in high school together. They've never been in school together before. So this is my my sister, my little sister, who's five years younger than me. Her son and Bella are in school together, and he's already driving. So I'm kind of getting like a pre-freak out <laughs> experience. Yeah. And you're freaking out too. Yeah, but with like other people, I'm like, you were just in my class. Like you're just driving now in the car next to me. Like it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, we like leave. I pick up uh, Bella from rehearsal and we go home and we're like speed racing with like five of her classmates <laughs> down the road. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How do you identify when it comes to like gender and that kind of thing? Female. Female. Okay, cool. You know, in our household, we're extremely, what are we, conscious, aware, aware, uh, aware about gender identity, sexual identity, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's nice to know that you have all the options and are exploring all the things. And um, yeah, I just, I, yeah, sometimes I, I amaze myself about how female I can be. <laughs> say, it, say it again. Sometimes I amaze myself about how female I can be. I'm like, wow, this is really girly and doing this and that's really girly. <laughs> well, and what a cool thing to be aware of. Like, cause I think, you know, when I was growing up I didn't really like, think of feminine, masculine, you know, female, male, you just, it was all assumed. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that I've been really enjoying is like, keeping it wide open for you in all the areas, gender, sexuality, all the things. And then having you feel like you're making a conscious choice. Like you feel girly. That's awesome. Like you, yeah, you know, you put a skirt on the other day. And you're like, <laughs> I know. Like I, I used to like never wear skirts and I put a skirt on the other day and I just felt like the woman. And it was just <laughs> like, I was just, wow, I'm really a girl. That really just happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a beautiful feeling to be aware of because, you know, people that we know that are not identified with their cisgender, the gender they were born, they would feel like awful right so it kind of has you like yeah it kind of has you appreciate yeah for sure yeah all right so something that I'm sure many of the listeners want to know is let's look at the camera when we when I ask this what am I like as a mom what is Lisa Cherney like as a mom tell the people (laughs) that's a loaded question and and it's it's kind of hard to answer because I don't have any other thing to compare to being the child of a different person, obviously, but you're very intentional is the word I would use. Okay. Like everything that you do parenting wise is very intentional. And I could tell it's intentional. That For was, example, like if we're having a conversation and you know that this is going to be like a moment that <laughs> is very important for me, you will like take a breath. And I can tell that you are thinking about every single word that's coming out of your mouth. So mm. you don't like screw me up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, yeah, I would say, and yeah, 
you talk a lot about what you are doing as you do it too. So you're like, I am going to make this an open space for you or something that you stated into existence, hmm. which I think is different than others because they'll probably just do it, but not tell their kids about what they're doing. But that in itself is different parenting too. Telling your kids what parenting styles you're using on them is like, I know it brings them into the, to the universe that you're in to help them understand where you're coming from, I think. Yes. I wouldn't say I'm a kid person. No. (laughs) (laughs) You're not. But I love mine, obviously. (laughs) And I, my comfort zone is as soon as I was able to start talking with you and explaining things Mm -hmm. and you would understand and you would you were like always mature that way. Like, just tell me why I'm doing this and then I will do it, you yeah. know, kind of thing. That was my, that was my comfort zone for parenting. Yeah, everything is, everything was always very talked about. And so I was never out of the loop, hmm. and which you, was good because I hate being out of the loop. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we've noticed with um, dad and I and you is that we share like every, most things with you like there isn't yeah. topics that are like oh like off limits or whatever mm-hmm. and so we'll sit at the table we'll talk about stories of about stuff at work dad will talk about difficult conversations he's had and struggles or stresses you know I'll talk about my clients and and you contribute like it's it's yeah. nice to have you included in those conversations and do you feel like that that is like helps you f- for like the world oh like, yeah for sure I mean just being able to like step into a space and not feel like you're the kid in the space. Like I never necessarily felt that way. Obviously I noticed when I was the only kid somewhere and people would be surprised when I like didn't ask for chicken nugget. I don't know, like something like stupid like that. Yeah, that was definitely had a lot to do with you guys talking to me and just including me. Because if you guys just went off and had your own sidebar the whole time, I probably wouldn't be able to talk to adults the way that I do now. And you could talk to adults. <laughs> we have gotten that feedback, I don't know, since you're like 10. Like every single day. From teachers, coaches, that they say it's like I'm talking to an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, and they start to befriend you. Yeah, and, and it's always like, they're always very surprised. And it's, yeah, and I would always just feel like, I'm just talking to you, like, <laughs> yeah. So let's tell the story from when we went on the, it was the Disney, no, it's not the Disney cruise. When we went on a carnival cruise to Mexico and you were, do you know how old you were? Um, like tween, like 11 or 12 or something like that. Yes. And so this is on the topic of Bella talking to adults and, um, you know, like, and they, befriending her Mm -hmm. so do you want to tell the story sure I can tell the story basically we were on this cruise and there was like a kid's lounge basically where all the kids would go and hang out or whatever and there was this guy who was like the counselor yeah like the team leader or something like like watched over the kids basically babysat us and I was like, I was just talking to him and I was asking him about his life because I like to talk to people and just ask him, like, because I was like, you're on this cruise, like, what's your story? Yeah. <laughs> and so then I was just like talking to him. I was asking him questions and stuff. And I learned a lot about like his childhood and his like parents <laughs> and like his house. Like, I just learned so much about him and that was so fun. And we were like leading the cruise and he wrote me this really nice note that said like, I helped him like find his life purpose because he was basically on this cruise and he was just working here in between jobs. And apparently I made him like find out his like true calling <laughs> and I didn't even know it. And so, cause I was just asking questions about like, you know, why are you on this cruise? What do you like about it? Like, what do you do back home? Like all this kind of stuff. And yeah, he just like, he thought I really impacted him and that was cool. I didn't notice how cool it was in the moment, but now I notice how cool it is. Yeah. And he got me a little stuffed animal and we left and like wrote me a nice note. And- he wrote us a note. Yeah. He cares. wrote, yeah, he wrote like a two page note and left it for us at our cabin telling mm-hmm. us about the impact that you had had on him. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. Yeah. It was at cool. 12. 
And I didn't, I just thought like, oh, I just like talked to this guy and like, I, I didn't really think much of it. But now that I look back, I just think how cool it is. And you asked, and you, you probably get this from both dad and I, but like, I remember that you asked him questions kind of like, you know, I think you asked him like, what do you love? And I think he was into music, music right? A guitar. Yeah, and then you're kind of like, why are you on this? Then why are you on this cruise? Yeah, I kept like, I'm like, why are you here? Like, I can't. And, like, and then apparently he's like, I'm leaving. I'm doing music. Like he like had a whole moment. And I was like, that's cool. Yes. That was really cool. So, so that's an example, I think, of both the impact of, you know, being around adult conversation and being comfortable and also your writing. Cause we didn't tell this part of the story that you it was like this big yeah. whiteboard that was like the wall in his office and you wrote him a real long note. Yeah. I wrote him a note that like included all the things that I learned about him. And that was fun. <laughs> yes. So Bella has recently really gotten connected to her voice around writing, particularly notes for people and yeah. expressing like your feelings or your wishes for them. Yeah, I love to write people notes. I think I can say things better than I would if I talked to them. And there's so many factors in talking. I think writing is just more two-dimensional and it's easier. Yes. And and it came up recently, we were talking, we have good conversations at dinner, <laughs> um, but I, I don't want to portray that we're always like sitting down for dinner every night, y'all. So we're not. <laughs> No, we don't. <laughs> don't tell them how I don't cook. Don't don't tell them. Yeah, it's okay. interesting. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. So when we do sit down for dinner, which is a few nights a week, we'll sit down and we'll have dinner, and we do have great conversation. And one conversation, uh, one night, we were talking about some people that were helping the planet and helping the world, and like activists. That was, I think, what we were talking about, mm -hmm. activists. And Bella was having a bit of a like kind of internal crisis kind of like <laughs> I care about things but I don't feel like I'm doing anything yeah I think like in like today's climate everybody is talking about like all the amazing things they're doing for other people which is awesome but then it like kind of made me feel like I wasn't I was like I'm not helping people like I'm not saving the world I'm not like helping the endangered species and so I like it kind of like made me feel I don't know like I was living like superficially or something. Mm. And so it was, we had a cool conversation about the thing, like, first of all, you, we reminded her that she was only 15 <laughs> and that she has her whole, you know, that first of all, she can, even though there are 15 year olds who are doing fucking awesome things that, mm -hmm. you know, that you are 15 and there is a limitation right now in the stage of your life. But we were also like exploring, okay, well, how do you impact the people around you? Because I think everyone listening has their, their like sphere of influence in their lives and the mm -hmm. things that they're doing. Now, a lot of the people listening are mission-based entrepreneurs. So they've decided at some point, like there's this way that I want to help people, organizations, and yeah. I want to do it for my business. But many of them started not getting paid for it. Like mm -hmm. they started just, you know, and so we were just, you know, sort of having that conversation with Bella. And I, I, I feel like it was like, we were sort of like, exp I didn't like have the answer, but I feel like in, in talking it through, we realized that, it out. yeah, that the, her writing, cause she, she writes notes to people. She writes notes to teachers, coaches, like she's, you know, really um, friends. friends. Yes. On their birthdays and just her, and you know, this, story from the cruise has sort of like had its echo mm -hmm. <laughs> through her life since then and her impact on people and yeah so that helped what did that help you realize well it helped me realize that I don't even necessarily like save the world but just like the way that I express my love for other people is unique in itself and I was just kind of like oh I'm writing notes and then you kind of helped me realize like like no like people don't do that <laughs> like people don't just write notes for people for no reason and I was like oh like maybe you're right maybe people don't do that maybe that's something I'm just doing and so that was helpful and I think many adults have the same journey of realizing something that they do naturally isn't something that everybody does and mm -hmm. then like taking that further people that you know do something naturally a talent or way that they help people naturally then they have trouble getting paid for it yeah. 
and you've heard me talk about this because they feel like, well, it's just what I do. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you, you know, not everybody does that. First of all, <laughs> if it comes, you know, cause it comes yeah. easy to you, doesn't mean it's easy to everybody and it's worthy of being paid for. Mm-hmm. Being paid for. Yeah. And it's hard to put a price on something that happens intuitively with you. But I mean, where would we be if we didn't get paid for things we were good at? So this is true. That's so <laughs> freaking true. Yes, 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 yes. So let's see where we're going to go next. We're going to go to, well, what do you think about me being so prolific with the F word? I'm sure people think about that all the time. Like, oh my God, did she speak that way to her kids or whatever? I don't necessarily have an opinion on it. I mean, it's just kind of like the way you are. So you just kind of like branded it and commercialized it, (laughs) but that's just the way you are. So I don't necessarily have an opinion. You're not offended. No, (laughs) it's not. You don't use it in an offensive way. Hmm. You use it in a passionate way, which kind of makes it, makes the connotation less negative. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Do you use the F word? Yeah. When I feel I need to, you know, stubbing your toe isn't the best. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, didn't we have a funny thing happen when we were, we had a quit, we were talking about you cursing and we were saying like, oh, what context? So, oh, somebody asked me on one of my podcasts when I was being interviewed, someone said to me, does your daughter curse? And if so, when, under what circumstances? Yeah, I think it varies. And then we had, I think there was like this funny moment of like, it was something had to do with school and like algebra and you're like. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's most, I, I think I cuss more when I'm angry or excited. Yeah, I think you were like, I fucking rocked that algebra test. Yeah, it was something, yeah, (laughs) something prolific. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So how, so we talked about me as a mom um, and dad, make sure, we want to make sure we acknowledge dad in this whole conversation. Dad. Dad, we love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How are we different than other parents? So like dad and I as a whole, like. You're very different than other parents. I find parenting very interesting. I I think that has a lot to do with you guys too, because you're not like other parents. When did you realize we're not like other parents? When I was around parents at dance or at school and I could observe parents and the way they treat their kids. Like if I was like waiting outside of school, like to get picked up or something, I would like see parents talking to their kids and I would just be like, wow, that's different. You know, or I would, or, or I would hear kids talking about their parents and what they did to them or said to them or, and I would just be like, whoa, that's crazy. (laughs) But then like, I would tell you guys and you'd be like, no, that's normal. Like it's normal to take away your phone when you do something that they deem bad. And I was like, that's so weird. (laughs) <laughs> I was like why yes yes well we uh took a parenting class that I will plug in the show notes from a former clients of mine Bella was like two or three and it was one of the best decisions we've ever made when it comes to parenting was taking the parenting class and it helped us I think it helped us be the parents that we really wanted to be which is we do not punish we've mm-hmm. never punished we don't use bribery um, or, or coercion or anything like that. And Bella, empowering Bella from an early age to eat whatever she wants, whenever she wants, which has been super healing for me and my own food peace journey. Mm-hmm. And then really most recently, probably in the last couple of years, having you be in charge of when you go to sleep, mm-hmm. which freaking blows parents' minds. Yeah. I think like the main thing is you not really parenting me you're more like guiding me Mm. and I'd like I'd stay up late and you'd be like all right you can stay up late but like you know make sure that you're okay with the way you feel tomorrow and I'll be like okay (laughs) and then then I'd go to bed late and I'd be like you know what I don't love the way I feel and then I would just go to bed early yes natural consequences yeah yes yeah and it's 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 I'm gonna just draw like I'm gonna like draw an interesting parallel here in this moment all right um I'm prepared okay great (laughs) is that me demonstrating how I talk about what I'm gonna do yeah okay is with marketing and you know I have this program the unlaunch Mm -hmm. and one of the things that people are really not enjoying about marketing is the artificial urgency of like oh you know act now and 
bye now this is going away you know all that and i have really realized i don't know if i've talked to you about this but i really realized the parallel between the way that i enjoy parenting and like letting you do your thing and learn your lessons and kind of like that and the way that i'm now helping people with their marketing it's like it's we call it choose your own adventure so it's like do you do you like you have permission to like not do the stuff you don't want to do the stuff you want to and be authentic about the natural consequences if someone doesn't say yes to your offer well now there's natural urgency of like well there's a group of six and when the six spots are filled it's filled like that's sort of just natural or if you sure you don't need to let me know right away but i just want to let you know that if you don't let me know right away you may you know it may be filled up so mm-hmm. But like no pressure, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. So I've, I've, I've lately I've been realizing that it's it's very similar in in like treating entrepreneurs like freaking adults, and you can decide what you what you want to invest in and when you want help, and yeah. you're really serious about it or not, you know? Yeah. Okay. Let's see what else here. So I have this section of questions, kind of like I feel like I've learned a ton from you. Uh, I can't remember what parenting book we read, but it said that having children is like living with a little Buddha, you know, that you're constantly having reflected back to you, you know, yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I for sure, for sure have had that experience. So I wanted to talk about a couple of things that I've learned from you. All right. Okay. One thing that I learned is that you don't you show me how not to care about what people think actually almost daily (laughs) and I I even tell my girlfriends I'll be like I can't believe Bella doesn't care that she wasn't invited to this or I you know she she's so easy that she doesn't want to go to dance because she doesn't feel like it like she Mm. you don't agonize over that stuff yeah which I I so admire about you and you said this, we were, it was like a few months into the pandemic and we were driving home from a walk around our lake, our local lake. And you were talking about how different it was not to be around your friends every day. Mm-hmm. And I think you were talking about it maybe in context of like your fashion or like your like clothing style. Yeah. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. I was like, you were so impacted by your society and where you go to school and who you go to school with and the environment and everything. And when you're just like stripped out of that and you're just home with your parents every day and it's just you, I mean, for me, it's just me. It's different because you don't have any outside influence. It's just like you being truly you, which I thought was interesting. So I was just like wondering what it would be like for people to not be impacted. I don't know be impacted by their surroundings, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yes. And I think you said it's been interesting to figure out or to realize who you are without seeing your friends every day. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that I learned from you. You know, I know that when I get reflected, things reflected from you back to me, it's not like they're coming from out of the blue. Like there might've been some influence that I had, but I hear them in such a different way, you know? And and we have a joke in our family that sometimes you could say things to us that we wouldn't like, that I, like you would say things to dad that I would never say to dad. (laughs) And then you say things to me that dad would never say to me and you just sort of get away with it. So that's really handy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, something else I learned from you, which I, I know I had a role in, but it's still amazing to watch, which is a healthy relationship with food and your body. And I, it was actually one of my big fears when I was having kids because I had, you know, my days of, you know, eating disorder with in 12 step program and, you know, diets and after diets and all this stuff. And I just knew that I wanted my kid to have a healthy relationship with food. Of course, I didn't know how to fucking do that because I hadn't had it, but that was one of the things actually that we worked on with the parenting coaches was very early on after we'd been through the take two bites and eat your vegetables and all that controlling stuff. Mm -hmm. We learned from them just to let you eat whatever you want, give you all the foods and just let you eat whatever you want. And then at a young age, we had a drawer that had food in it that you can eat whenever you wanted. So tell me, how do you just leave a couple bites of something on your plate? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question <laughs> because it's just something that I do. But 
it sounds so simple, but I'm going to say it. When I'm not hungry, I don't eat. <laughs> and when I'm full, I stop. And when I crave something, I eat it. Like, yeah, I think kids are so, so, so much smarter than adults make them to be. be I just like, I have this like theory that like when people grow up, they just like, there's some point at the, you know, like twenties or something where they just like forget everything from their childhood and like become boring adults, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like a vortex or something. Yes. And like, they forget like how smart kids are just be, I just like, just because you can tell kids not to eat candy and to eat their vegetables, like doesn't mean that they didn't want vegetables. Right. I don't know. I just, I feel like there's so much assumed about kids and their wants, like, of course, if they you put a plate of broccoli and candy in front of a kid, they're going to choose the candy. But like, well, not necessarily. Right. You know? And so, I don't know. I, I it, It's, like, irritating to me sometimes when I, like, see parents assuming things about their kids. Like, you love your kid. Like, I know you love your kid. Like, treat them, treat them with respect. Yeah. Because they deserve respect just as much as an adult would. I totally agree with you. That was, um, I'm feeling like emotional because I'm hearing ah, the impact <laughs> of our parenting on our child. And uh, this is going to be a great interview for our parenting coaches. I'm going to give a little shout out, Ty and Linda Hatfield, Woo-hoo! Parenting with Heart. Woohoo, we love you. <laughs> uh, this could be great for them to share with their, with their um, clients. And obviously, you know, dad and I had a predisposition to, to wanting to parent a certain way and a and a high level of self-awareness and all that, that went along with it. Um, But we really, you know, there's just so much assumption in society about parenting, like punishing, Mm -hmm. of course. Yes. Threatening, of course. Yes. You know, rewards for grades. Yeah. Like all these. If you think about it, it's so crazy sometimes. Like, okay, they got a bad grade. So you're going to take away their TV time. But then when you really dissect it and get granular, okay, they got a bad grade. And so you're taking away their TV time, but what is taking away their TV time do about their grades? How about let's ask, how are you doing in your classes? How are your teachers? Do you need help? Like, let's like actually get to the root of the problem instead of just like pulling some sort of superficial punishment out of your ass like no reason. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And it takes m- more like work and intentionality to parent that way. And I always say to people, like, I do one, like having one kid really well, like I can, <laughs> <laughs> like, I can do one, Yeah. but I really feel for parents that have multiple children and to be able to stop long enough to say to a kid, like, what, are you okay? Like what's going yeah. on with you? Versus like, go to your room, you know? Yeah. So I for sure know that I have privilege (laughs) for sure in that area. Yeah. But it's been, it's been a journey for sure. And it's really like, we're, dad and I are so fucking proud of you and happy and like, so delighted. Like, (laughs) we feel like we hit the kid lottery for sure. I feel like the kid lottery. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, um, I just, I'm, I'm, I feel like you got a head start because all day long I work with men and women who are in their fifties, sixties and seventies, finally making life choices. Like I'm going to eat whatever I want, or, you know, I'm going to just do the thing that I, you know, feel good about or passionate about. Like they're, they've wasted so much time. And Mm -hmm. I feel like you have some great foundational things that are going to have you live a more intentional life. And so I'm really happy about that. I'm glad you're happy. (laughs) Which brings me to something else that I learned from you, which is how to quit things. Mm -hmm. And I often will for shock value say that my kid is a quitter and it's, and that is like another parenting thing. Don't you, don't quit. Like we're not quitters. We're this not family qu- is not quitters. Yeah. Like what kind of BS is that? Yeah. And so you're unhappy. You, you can quit. Yeah. Do something that makes you happy. Yes. And I remember when you were dancing, like you, it, I, when did you start team or competition and team and um, all that stuff? I was like five. 
And I remember it got to be like, you know, two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, five days a week. And I remember we, dad and I just kept saying like, as soon as she stops having fun, you know, we'll stop. And, but it, it takes on a life of its own. You know, now you're enrolled with this and you got these private coaches and these lessons and we're going to competitions on the weekends and, you know, we're planning our summer around nationals and like, it just, it so snowballs. And mm-hmm. I could, I really have a lot of compassion for, for parents, especially multiple kids and multiple interests and multiple activities, yeah. like navigating, like you have to be so um, tuned in and be willing to just pull the plug at any minute. Yeah. And it was not easy when you finally made that decision, like that this isn't for me. And, yeah. I, and they make you feel special, right? And they want you to be on the teams and they, you know, and all that stuff, but you quit, you quit competition dance and that yeah, was all your decision. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted, it was like, so all consuming and I loved dance and I knew that I was going to still dance. So it wasn't as big a deal as like completely quitting something but I was just quitting this little aspect of it because it wasn't serving me anymore. Yeah. And I remember you really wanting to be more available for stuff in high school. So it yeah. was like right before high school. Mm-hmm. So now it's really cool to see you're getting to do the dance and you just finished your the musical. Musical. And what was your role in the musical? I was an ensemble member and I was also the dance captain kind of helping people with dances. That was awesome too, because it was like a special dance thing. That was very exciting. Yes. And you, and you know, in, in the dance competition world, it's like you do two dances for three minutes or whatever. And with this, you got to be on stage for a couple hours and in almost every number. Yeah. And having fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And it was exciting because it was just like, it was like a concentrated like two months of rehearsal and then like this really awesome performance period. And with dance, it's like you learn a couple dances in January and then you perform them until the end of the year. But it was nice to just learn like a ton of dances in a concentrated time period and then perform them all and just have fun. Yes. Yeah, it was amazing to watch you. It was so emotional because y'all, I'm sure you can imagine, we didn't know if there was going to be a musical or what it was going to look like. And shout out to Miss Tucker. She happens to listen to this episode. She was, the drama teacher was amazing in getting, you know, like figuring it out. So they did it all outside, all rehearsals outside. They masks. Masks and what other, what other things that they need to do? We had to record our singing because obviously like the airflow with singing is not ideal. Yeah, there was a lot of like restrictions and stuff, but it was really fun. It was really, really fun. Okay, so let's talk about some things that you learned from me. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, we talked about one thing that you learned from me, which is around your writing. Yeah. And we actually told the story that I have here in our notes that we were going to tell. So anything else that that comes to mind that you want to share about what you've learned from me? I mean, like everything I know. (laughs) I learned so much from you every day. It's like, I think, um... I don't know I think I learn a lot about just like womanhood from you okay so that's nice <laughs> yeah like what like you were telling me like most women have like the wrong bra and so like I don't know that was like fun that you just like taught me you're like I'm like okay now I'm gonna be conscious that I have the right bra yes and that's an important thing yeah <laughs> very important all right so wish how about some like uh rapid fire type of questions are you up for it i'm up for it all right <laughs> all right uh favorite color purple favorite book okay i don't have a favorite book but i have books that i've liked reading okay i read a book called behind closed doors very creepy but i liked it yeah y'all she likes really really creepy books won't watch movies that are creepy uh-huh. but loves really creepy books yeah like psychopath yeah, it's very interesting. It is. And, ha- and she did not always love reading. No, I didn't. And if we only knew what creepy stuff you really liked to read earlier on, we yeah. would have helped a lot. <laughs> Favorite piece of clothing? I like tops. I think that like I could wear like jeans forever, but like I'd always want to change my top. Got it. You really enjoy makeup and makeup artistry. What's your favorite, like, I don't know, pe- what do I say? Piece of makeup? Or yeah. Type- yeah. Like mascara for 100%. Like if I could wear anything for like the rest of my life, it'd be mascara. 
because it changes so like my changes my face so much yes well you have my eyelashes yeah which has been really nice yeah very long and so yeah mascara okay mascara um favorite subject in school such a typical question to ask a kid (laughs) um it depends on what we're learning in the subject true but most of the time I enjoy math okay cool a favorite quote my favorite quote is she designed a life she loved. That's one of my favorite quotes. Mm. Do we know who said that quote? No, I don't think so. I think it's one of those like anonymous ones. Yeah. But she designed a life she loved. Yeah. Nice. Uh, favorite food? Pasta in all shapes and, and sauces. Oh, in all shapes and all sauces. Okay. Yeah. Um, favorite movie? Pitch Perfect, 100%. That's a good one. I love Pitch Perfect. We have just wa- listened to that music on loop on our forever, forever. Yes. Favorite dessert. I don't know if I have one. I like pumpkin pie. Yeah, I like pie. Bella has gotten a lot of things from my husband and I, and it's a great combination. And you've also got my dessert loves which is I like ice cream with things in it I have Mm. to crunch and I like like cookies and like cookies and ice cream but I'm not a big like donut pie cake person but my husband is so Bella just likes likes all of it (laughs) yeah so I'm sorry about that (laughs) okay because I can eat intuitively yes you know whatever you want Well, this has been an amazing experience. I've been wanting to do this for so long. Yeah. Thank you for being up for it. Yeah. Will you come back again on the show another time? Probably. (laughs) We can like get the life of Bella. Maybe we'll do it like once a year or something like that. Maybe. Okay. All right, Miss Bella Cherney. It's an (laughs) honor to be your mama and to be your guide and to get to witness you being your own person and expressing you and keep up the good work. Thanks. (laughs) I get my gold star, my thumbs up stamp. All of it. All of it. All of it. Got it. Love you. Bye. Well, that was super fun. Uh, More fun than I ever imagined. And I want her to do a series. I want her to come back, you know, every quarter and (laughs) maybe we'll just make it an annual thing you can kind of get to know her as she navigates the world I love that her favorite GFR commandment was number one it's they're not in order but it is a good place to start and I appreciate her perspective on it that it is quite simple (laughs) you can't really misunderstand it don't compromise If you have not gotten your 12 GFR commandments, I feel like that is the like minimum requirement (laughs) to be an enthusiastic GFR show listener is get your commandments. Go to gfr.life forward slash 12C, grab your commandments. And if you want to hang out with me more and other really awesome GFR truth telling people, you want to join the GFR squad. It's 20 bucks a month for an amazing community confession call that we do each month, focusing on one of the confession questions from the commandments. And it has become really a magical place. And the transformation that I've seen in people are almost two years into it at this point has been amazing and uh, it's safe and fun and you could share or not. And anyway, come hang out with me and the GFR squad and subscribe to the show. If you're a new listener, subscribe to the show. The stories that are told on this show are so freaking inspiring. They inspire me and they enrich my life and I want them to enrich yours too. All right. Bye for now, everybody.